Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone, it's been a while since you heard our voices, although that may very well be a good thing for a lot of people. But nevertheless, it's Gigpod episode 161, where we are primarily covering Ross County Nil Celtic 2. Joining myself, Stevie, is future Gigpod host Rizzo, who will be chatting about today's game with me for the next 20 minutes or so. Evening, John. Hello, Stevie. Hello to all the listeners. Very short but sweet, but okay, fine. <laughs> Anyway, right. So, well, I've got to talk about the lineup first. I expected Haxabanovich to start. In a way, I wasn't surprised though, because obviously by default, Dizemaida is our natural left winger. They offer so much, and as we always say in this show, Ange loves him, and he has a fantastic link-up relationship with Greg Taylor. Other than that, it was primarily what we expected, wasn't it, John? It was. In a way, I expected Haxa to start as well, but then you have to remember that, as we always say, the manager loves Dizem, so he was always likely to start. None is expected Moy or Hitati to come back, so I think Awata was always going to start, and it was the usual team apart from that. I don't want to, you know, tie with the cliche here that it was always going to be a struggle or a slog after the international break. But you know what you're going to be getting at Ross County. We've already played them、um, in the league twice this season.、Um, they've made it very difficult games at Celtic Park, and of course we needed like two late goals. In the infamous blackout game, where me and you didn't get to see anything after sixty minutes back in August. Don't forget the two-one win as well when Ralston scored, of course, in the last minute up there. That's right. Yeah, we've got a habit of late goals up there, haven't we? Including today. But I mean, I was saying to my uncle and my granda last night, I wasn't expecting anything other than a real stuffy bowfest of a game. I expected Celtic to play well. And I expected Ross County to sit in and try hitters on a breaker, play for set pieces, especially throw-ins, but. I did not expect us to have a first half, John, where there was very little to talk about, other than a composed display from Tomoki Awata、uh, and Alistair Johnson, who I felt performed extremely well. We didn't really force Ross Laidlaw into making many saves. We didn't test him enough, and in general, it was a poor performance. And there was nothing to really talk about up until bang on half time. We'll get to the penalty, everyone. Don't worry, me and John have got a couple of shoots for you all. But yeah, the first half, John.、Uh, 
It was a bit of a nothing, wasn't it? It was a bit boring, yes. I mean, you forgot to mention Greg Taylor, who was our main goal threat in the first half. He had a brilliant shot off the post. And another shot not long after it that laid law save, and it was a decent save. And when your biggest goal threat is your left back, then that shows that the team isn't creating a lot of chances. And I mean, for a number of reasons, I don't like Malky McKay. I think he's a horrible guy. He should have been involved in football, but he is, of course, because football is not a nice thing with not nice people. But I think he set them up well. And as we've said before, every time we've went there, and it's Celtic Park as well, don't forget me, we were losing that game 1-0, thanks to our pitiful VAR decision. But when we only win that game 2-1, and to me, they're much better than a team that's setting bottom of the league. And I think they're far better than Dungeon United. I think Dungeon United are doomed. I mean, I don't want to turn this into the, the Scottish football podcast. There's enough of them, but what's County I thought set up well. They, were, I, they gave us problems. They're one of the few teams this season that's constantly gave us problems. So, I mean, I suppose that shows what a good job Malky's doing. So, I wasn't really surprised with how difficult the first half was. I mean, I thought it would be difficult because we're missing two massively important players. I mean, Rio Hitati is probably Celtic's best midfielder now. And Aaron Moyes probably our second best midfielder. So it was always going to be a struggle without them. Carl McGregor doesn't work in that further forward role. I don't think that'll happen again. I thought Matt O'Reilly had a bit of a poor game. And it wasn't a surprise to me that it was so difficult. As I said, your left back is your most threatening player. That shows that it's a difficult game. And I know Jota scored independently, but up until then, I thought he had a really poor game. But... I suppose we better talk about the penalty now because it was the big talking point after the game. See, very quickly before that, John, Matt O'Reilly here. Now, in the Discord we're in, set up by John McGinley, he was getting pelters and usually I'll come to a player's defence and I'll not like blind faith for that because if it's constructive, fair enough, but nothing, and I mean nothing, was coming off for Matt O'Reilly at all and he was getting lambasted in that uh, Discord. Regarding his performance, John, it wasn't just a case of fans, you know, picking up at a couple of misplaced passes and just having a moan because it was nil and we didn't get that early goal. He genuinely had a stinker. And if it was a one-off here, right, I would say, okay, fair enough, and these things happen. But, you know, Matt O'Reilly, before that World Cup, he was flying. You know, we've talked about how many assists he's had, even though he wasn't scoring. But since the World Cup, it's been Real Hitati, obviously, and uh, Adam Moy in particular, who have been the players that have just dragged us through games in midfield. But Matt O'Reilly has just went missing. And I'm not coming on here to have a go at him and slag him off for that. I really hope, like, you know, next week onwards, if he's involved, that he shuts us up, just like Dyson and Kyogo have done, John, earlier in the season. But I do have my doubts here because Matt O'Reilly just seemed off it today. He's been off it for a wee while. I know he's weighed in with the goals against uh, St Mirren in the Cup and then in the league, but there's something not right with him now. He's not often enough going forward. He's not often enough off the ball. His passing's just been lacklustre. He's nowhere near a goal threat. And I was looking at Tomoki Awata today and I can see what he's trying to do. I can, you know, McGregor, to be honest, John, was fairly quiet as well. And I think maybe Celtic were affected by the fact that he couldn't influence the game. Um, getting the ball for defence as much as, you know, he, he does most weeks because Zawata was in his uh, role. And that's maybe something Andrew's going to have to look at. But I was expecting Matt O'Reilly as a more experienced member of that squad to step up a bit. And it just didn't happen. And it's not as if it's just a one-off today. It's been happening for quite some time now, John. I don't really like slagging him in this Celtic team because we're doing so, so well and as has been pointed out, he's got a lot of assists in the Premier League this season. I think he's still the, got the most assists in the Premier League this season. 
But no, he's just not playing well. And I mentioned before the absence of Hitati and Moy, and I know they're different types of players still, really, but at the moment, I really just not on their level. I would hope, no offence to him, because I think he is a good player, that next week he's not in the starting lineup for the derby, because I just don't think he would influence the game as much as Hitati and Moy would. I, I don't think he's a bad player, but I just don't think he's pushed on enough this season. I think for... I know we always talk about statistics a lot, and I think they can be misleading at times, shockingly enough. And I think this is one of them, because I think last season, Matt was a much better player. I mean, if you want to look at goals scored last season, and get double figures. This season, he's got two. So, no, he's no been at it this season. But the thing is, I think clubs will be interested in him in the summer. It wouldn't have shocked me if he left in the summer, if Celtic get like a, a decent bid. Because he's still only young. I mean, he'll come good again, I imagine. But this season, he's not really kicked on. And if you were picking your best Celtic team at the moment, he wouldn't be in it, which is unfortunate because I think he is a good player. But no, this season, he didn't grasp that opportunity that would make Ange think, well, you know what? I'm going to put Matt O'Reilly in the starting lineup next week if everybody's fit. I think if everybody's fit next week, Matt O'Reilly will be back in the bench. I'm sure he'll come on. But no, he was he was poor today. Some, none of the team were really... Some, a couple of players were good. Most of them were average to poor, and I thought he was poor. Don't cry for me, Scottish football. You know, after Burnaby and Matt O'Reilly were penalised in November with some farcical decisions, that great governing body, IFAB, did deem them penalties. So this one, going by the wonderful rule book that suddenly everyone in Scottish football swears as gospel, was a stonewaller. When that ball came in and I saw a CCV head on it, the first thing I did was shout, that's a penalty. Um, my granda was watching a game with me, and he actually didn't even notice it, and a lot of Celtic players went, weren't even crying for it as well, apart from CCV. VR stops the game, gets Willie calling me to go and check it, and it's a penalty now. Again, I, I have managed to miss the fallout with us because I'm just sticking to the Discord when I'm talking about Celtic, or just texting yourself, spunk phone, and a few of my mates as well. I'm, you know, staying off fucking nightmare sites like Twitter where everybody wants to have an opinion and thinks they're right with stuff like this. So I'm not seeing any of these losers in Scottish football greeting about this. And it's and it's great for me, John. But unfortunately, I did hear Andy Walker nearly in tears about it as well. And I just thought to myself, fucking shut up. We all know, John, no, why they're screaming and greeting, don't we? Aye, but the thing is, it was a penalty. I do not think this one was controversially handballed. There's been controversial decisions this season of all Celtic. I mean, who can forget when... Effie Ambrose got sent off uh, for Morton against us, and it was like a half time in the coverage. It was like morning, public morning, because people were so upset. That was a bad decision, and we got one in our favour. But this wasn't a bad decision. It was a penalty. He handballed it. He even said after the game, Iacovitti, I think he said that he handballed it. So I have no idea why Andy Walker in particular was so incensed about it. I mean, it was a penalty. I cannot understand any outrage about this decision. Well, I mean, I can because, as I've said before, if we get a decision in our favour, which is supposedly marginal, it's the end of the universe when, of course, there's silence uh, when other teams that I won't name get decisions which are maybe marginal. But this wasn't marginal. You handballed it. It's, if there's any controversy about this at all, it doesn't make any sense because it was a stone wall penalty. His hand was up in the air. And that this is what VAR should be getting used for. I mean, decisions like that. I know we've slagged VAR hundreds of times, and I will continue to do so on this pod. But no, it was a stonewall penalty. I have no idea why people are getting up my arms about it. <laughs> up my arms. I didn't even mean that. But no, it was a, a stick-on penalty. Jota took it. 
at least it was a better penalty than he's won against Hibs a couple weeks ago. And he scored. Perfect time to score, I think the fourth, the fiftieth minute or something. And in half time one nil up. But no, that was a stonewall penalty and I don't know why people are gone ballistic about it. Thank you to the country that we play on John and there's your answer. That's why people are, as you say, up in arms. Great satire there, brother. Thank you. Right, Jota makes it one 0 we go in um ahead of the break and you're thinking the second half, you know, manager will be saying that's a great time to get a goal. Ross County would be deflated. John, first 15 minutes of that second half, what was going on? And in particular, what was going on with Carol Starfield? I'm not going to be one of these people who comes out and say, oh, he's a bomb scare. The guy's not. The guy is one of the main reasons alongside CCVY. We've got such a great defensive record. He's proved that he's a good defender. But I don't know what was going on with him today. And it wasn't just him. The rest of the defence in general and the entire team, they just completely lost composure. They lost control of the game. And if Ross County had a finisher or some quality in the final third, they would have probably made it one each. It just felt as if, you know, our heads were all over the place and up to like 60, 65 minutes when we got a bit of composure and control back in the game. But I don't know what happened after half time. What do you think went on? Uh, I don't know what the problem was in the second half. I mean, we were lethargic, which I didn't expect us to be. Same as you, I thought I'd be well up for it. But it just didn't happen. And now Carol Starfield, who I don't really want to criticise, because as I say, this team is in a great run of form. Shouldn't really be criticizing any players, but you did say to me a couple weeks ago that you were concerned about him making mistakes, and he was not great the day. I mean, that attempted p- pass to CCV that he just gave to a Rose County player and that gave them a chance, they went just by the post. I don't know what he was thinking, and, but the thing is, at times he's so dominant, like if there's a cross ball or something in the box, you're always confident that he's going to win it, but he just wasn't at his best day. And, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what our, back, our centre-backs are going to be next season because Kobayashi, I think, has played well, but he's not done enough games. He deserves a run at some stage, I think, this season. Maybe when the league is finally won and get a run of games. But no, first 15 minutes especially were poor. We ended up getting a grip of the game. But Carl Stafford, man, I think he's a very good defender, but you always have a worry that he's going to do something like inexplicable. In fact, twice... Aid bad passes and it ended up creating chances for Ross County. I think the second one ended up Joe Hart making a good save. So, no, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about Carl Starfield. I mean, I'm sure the manager will see him just cut that out, but I think it's just in his nature. But when you compare it with CCV, I mean, CCV is just so much more composed. CCV is, I think, even better than Rio Hattati, the best player in Scotland. You know? I mean, even a game like the day when he's under pressure, he just strolls through it. And Starfield is... At times is good, but he's a different kind of player. He's much more liable to do a strange pass. He'll just need to screw them up for next week. And uh, I'm confident he will, but then, I don't know, you never know that he might make a, a daft back pass or something. But no, the, la- the, se- the last 30 minutes, or 38 minutes, I should say, in a game were much better. The manager will know what he's doing when he picks Starfield next week alongside CCV. Um, can't see him getting dropped for Kobayashi. And to be fair, I think Starfield will be fine next weekend as well. But focusing on this one it wasn't just the defence having a nightmare Whoa, I mean Kyogo what a shocker I miss uh, took about I'd say 10 seconds for me to fully digest how bad that was uh, the weird thing is his first touch to steady himself was just fantastic you're expecting there that's it game over 2-0 we can relax a wee bit but he's put the ball by the post and it was a bigger sitter than the one that he missed up at Pataudry when me and you uh, went off our heads at that and for the next podcast after that, if you remember, they were demanding 
Kyogo has a couple of weeks or so out of the team, and then he went on a goal-scoring run. So hopefully he does the same after this. Wasn't too clever against Hibs uh, before the break, and now this game here, again, I thought we was starved of service, to be honest. It wasn't his fault, but the opportunity that he got, should have done a lot better. It was a sitter, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. It was inexplicable. It was brilliant play by Dyson to set him up. And as you see, his first touch was great, and I was just expecting him to sweep the ball and then corner the net. But no, that was just incomprehensible. I mean, we'll let him away because he's been so good this season. And I wouldn't surprise if he made up for it next Saturday. But no, that was that was his worst Saturday of the season. And for such a good player, he does miss some real good chances at times. I mean, as I say, we'll let him away with it, but that was an absolute sell. Then towards the end of the game, started making changes when Sead Haksabanovic, David Tumble, O and Burnaby were introduced alongside Rocco Vata as well, although he only got a couple of minutes. It was more the four players that I've mentioned earlier that influenced the game. Phil Tumble came on and did okay. Um, Haksabanovic was very threatening whenever he got the ball joined. We created some really good openings down the left and O oh, in particular I want to talk about. I think when he came on he gave his money a presence up front. I think that turn that he had uh, was fantastic in the centre circle, you know the one I'm talking about. And in general, whenever O got the ball, we just looked like a real handful. The Ross County defence of uh, Yakovitti and Smith, after performing a decent job on Kyogo, the pair of them, they looked a wee bit worried when O came on, and I think that's a great sign because O just looks week after week, John, with us, as if he's going to be fitting in very well. And I think we're going to see the best out of him next season as well. But he did so well when he came on, I felt. I thought he was brilliant. I mean, I don't want to go overboard about him because, I mean, it was Ross County who only brought in. I mean, they're only the best team. But no, I thought it was excellent. That turn especially was just great attacking football that you want to see for a Celtic striker. And it wouldn't have shocked me if he got more starts this season because he's got a real presence about him. He looks like he's always going to cause problems for the opposition. And he was unlucky not to score the day. I thought he was excellent. And he's cameoing. I've got no qualms about him being involved for next week. In fact, I think he might revel in the game. And another player we were thinking about next week already in our heads was Alessandro Bernabe. Think about 70, 75 minutes or so, me and you were texting each other and we were a wee bit concerned that if Bernabe is going to be playing against Rangers next week, that's a bit of a worry because you always want Taylor there. Turns out I think he's just got a dead leg and I think Greg Taylor will be okay. But Bernabe didn't half make his eight-hour words as always, John. What a screaming of a goal for 2-0. Um, it wasn't too bad when he came on, but I just think positionally in a game like next week or something, Bernabe would be a nightmare and I wouldn't want to see him starting. You always want to have Greg Taylor there, especially with performances Greg Taylor's already put in against them. He's never put a foot wrong for the most part and seems to handle Sakala very well. Bernabe came on, linked up well with Haksabanovic, I felt, but what a strike to make it 2-0. And I don't know about you, Rizzo, but see when he took that touch, I said to my granda, here's a goal. And what a strike it was. It was we scored many fine goals this season and that one is right up there with the best of them. Oh, it was fantastic. It was such a clean strike. Gave the goalie no chance. And as you say, as soon as he got to touch, I think he was confident I'm just going to well us. And he done it. And it was a brilliant goal and it was an important goal as well. I mean, I didn't think we were going to like, give it an equaliser, but still just get that second goal, get the, the win secured completely. And, I mean, as we said, it probably wouldn't be the best thing for him to start next week, but he done well. I mean, defensively, I think he's still got a lot to learn, but no, I thought that was an excellent goal. And I seen after the game, the players were pushing him forward to do the celebration dance thing that Kyogo was does. But no, it was a great goal. As I said in the Discord, it was a 
a goal that Lee Naylor, another Celtic fullback that didn't score a lot of goals, would be proud of because the goals he's got for Celtic, were, I think, were all brilliant. And although the one against Rangers, I think, it took a deflection. But I mean, apart from that, all his goals against his first Celtic were brilliant, and he'd have been proud of that one by Burnley today because it was a belter. You've just mentioned Lee Naylor's goals there. I think he scored three the one against Rangers, but did he not score a screamer against Hibs with his right foot, March 2008, and then a year later? A volley against Dundee United and a two each draw at Tannadice. Yep, 2 0 against Hibs. Uh, the year we won the league, he scored the opening goal. Sam scored the second. I two each against Dundee United the week after we won the league cup final. And I two one against Rangers. He scored it, deflected after about two minutes, something like that. Aye, didn't score a lot of goals, but in a way, they were all excellent. Another thing that's excellent, John, is the news on Gigpod, which you can tell the audience, including you, taking over until June. I think everybody listening to this will be having a pint. I don't know if they'll be drowning their sorrows or they're going to take it as a celebration here, but what do you think the general reaction will be like, Rizzo? They'll probably more and complain that you're not going to be on it for the next while, because I, I know what the fans, those wonderful guys, are like. But uh, no, I'm taking over, to quote... Uh, a wrestling slogan. WrestleMania the night, lads. Can't wait. But no, like, so from starting from next week's, or starting from this week's episode, the preview we're going to do, the derby, I'm going to be hosting. You're going to be taking the, the back seat of Vince McMahon, boys in the back row. And I'm going to be hosting between now and the end of the season. And Spunkphone, I think, is going to be on as often as possible. We'll also, like, get some other, if need be, I'll uh, call in some favours with some of my old pals, like, Hamish, or the pod Tims, and all the others. But no, so we're going to be doing, for sure, once a podcast once a week after every game. I mean, maybe for special occasions we'll break out an extra pod, but for the most part it'll be once a week because of various reasons, like jobs, the wonderful, wonderful uh, saying caster and other reasons. It's making it difficult to get us all together to do pods, but... You'll be lucky here, me and Spunkphone are going to go to an unnamed pub on Thursday and record in person a Celtic Rangers preview. So that's something you look forward to. And we'll be about mostly on Instagram from now on as well, which is Stephen's idea to stick to Instagram. But we'll put up updates on Twitter of when the new pods will be up. I'll, uh, I'll sort that out. I'll put up when the new pods are out. And this pod should be up very soon. And before the game on Saturday, probably in the morning, I'd say, of the game, or late on Friday night, that's when the preview will be up. Is that right, Stephen? I'll be coming back in the afternoon from a great country. There is definitely no pro-bureaucracy whatsoever. So uh, I'll be coming back for that, and I'll get that all edited and all out for everyone um, ahead of the game on Saturday. And I just want to say very quickly, the audience won't really care at this point because they only tune in for Celtic. But I thank you, Erizo. Uh, for doing this plus in the last couple of weeks really putting up with my moaning which has been probably at its worst recently Jonna. Like I've known you for more than 10 years I'm used to you by now but Stevie thank you John you're welcome right so as I said we'll be back later on this week probably like what about the ideal preview for the the ideal time to listen to the preview of the, old, the, the Glasgow Derby the night before or the morning of and that'll be me and Spunk phone from an unnamed pub or somewhere similar this week, you can catch us on Instagram mostly, on Twitter sometimes at GigPod. You know where the catches have been out and give us great reviews and ratings and all that, etc. etc. The pod will continue, but it'll just sound a bit different and perhaps even sound better. As I would never say that, but I might just think it. 
Right, so that's all for this episode. We'll be back at the just before the game with the preview, which will no doubt be an epic as ever. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all then. Thanks to Stevie for his job hosting, and I'm sure if uh, twist his arm, he'll maybe make one cameo appearance at the end of the season. Who knows? But we'll speak to you all soon. See you, see you for the Glasgow Derby preview, and hail, hail. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.